Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, we are going to start off our first show back from break. First of all, welcome, Catherine. I'm so excited to co-host with you. Yay! So excited to be in the seat. It's going to be great. (laughs) Um, And we are joined by the illustrious Ivy Riggs of our legislative and political organizing team. Hello, Ivy. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yes. So let's talk about uh, House Interim Studies. There are 7 million. Yes, and one. Okay. <laughs> they This year, lawmakers approved almost 200 House and Senate Interim Studies. What is the deal? You know, everyone has a great idea, and <laughs> it would be terrible if every single one of them <laughs> was not uh, used uh, and, and take up a lot of time doing it. Yes, let's do it. Um, okay, so what do Interim Studies do? So the idea of an interim study is to pick a topic that you think needs work and ideally bring in people on both sides of that issue and then decide, do we need to bring legislation on this issue? Is this something that can be, is it something that that needs legislation? Is this something we can work through a state agency? Mm -hmm. That's the idea. Okay. More times than not. Real life, what happens? Right, right. In my experience, interim studies are kind of used as they bring in only the side they're interested in. And then it's like, see, I have to bring this bill because the people need it. Yeah. So is this a time where we've had member involvement that, that do they help drive some of the ideas that we have or? Absolutely. I mean, the idea, I mean, if I'm a legislator, I want to know what my constituents want and need. Uh, So our members are constituents, right? So Mm -hmm. they have come to us uh, about some issues, and then we've gone to legislators that we think um, care about those issues and Mm -hmm. and legislators that we think will be diligent in it. You know, if if a constituent calls and you don't care about your issue, you're probably not going to work very hard. So what we've done, instead of picking... Uh, you know, a, a, a Norman teacher came to me, but I didn't pick a Norman legislator. I on purpose went and picked a, a person that I thought cared about that issue. Mm-hmm. So so uh, we've had a couple of matchups on that. And I'm really excited that our members are, are going to be involved in a couple of the studies. Like that's, what? That's exciting to know. Yeah. yeah. That they're going to, that their voice matters. Yeah. And, and that we're moving that forward. For sure. I, I truly think they're surprised that it actually happened as well. They've both <laughs> called to thank me for making it happen. So So I'm really excited. Uh, two library directors, a Norman Public School director and the Shawnee Public School director, got together. They're on a library association together on a board uh, to talk about connectivity issues and and kind of how the funding to libraries goes. It really goes through municipalities and schools are left out, but then hmm. school funding, it doesn't usually make it to the library. So yeah. there's just kind of that gap in there. And so they want to talk about that. I thought immediately of Representative Logan Phillips out of the... Henrietta area, yeah. uh, because he's dealt so much with connectivity and broadband. And so I brought the issue to them. We had a meeting with the two members, him, he brought in representative Tony Hassenbeck because she's a former librarian. I oh, didn't yeah. even know I that. Yeah. So, um, I really think this is going to be a great study. I mean, what a, what a good example of a, identifying a need and then looking into it. For sure. The other, the other thing that the other issue that we decided to uh, request a study on was uh, ESP pay, uh, education support professionals. Uh, there are, you know, our bus drivers, our our 
teacher aides, our cafeteria workers, those types of folks. And what, what we're seeing in inclement weather and specifically in virtual days, we're, we're seeing those increase. Even, mm-hmm. even schools that are coming back in person are planning regular virtual days in case they're needed down the road, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is which is smart. We're not, we're not against that. But uh, those support professionals kind of get the short end of that stick. Um, they're made to take leave if they want to get paid. Mm-hmm. There's, there's very few options for them to work remotely. Because they're hourly as opposed to salary. Correct. And so the law is different. Yeah. So we do think this is a legislative issue. And we were very, very happy that uh, Representative Ronnie Johns out of ADA and Representative John Talley out of Stillwater both were really excited to bring this issue to light and uh, work with our support uh, folks to talk about some important issues. That's interesting. Both of those are sort of came out of the pandemic. Like the pandemic highlighted those needs, I think, even more. Definitely. Yeah. Our our hardest working school employees and making the least amount of money. Yep. And I, I think we were so focused on the pandemic of just how do we keep it going? How we, and, right. we, and we lost sight of those um, besides children that were affected by the pandemic. So right. that's going to be a great study. Looking forward to that. So what else were we keeping our eyes on? Good things, bad things, weird things. <laughs> Lots of weird things, but uh, we won't talk about those today. We'll <laughs> stick to education. Um, you know, uh, there's a there's a study on the economic impact of our pension plan for for education. We have a divine yes. defined benefit plan, which means uh, you when you retire, you get the same amount of money for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. rather than a four hundred one k style system where when the money runs out, it runs out. Right. Um, that, that doesn't work in the education world because the average educator doesn't make enough and mm-hmm. contribute enough to really retire on that money. Right. And in other states that have moved to this, uh, they are retiring in poverty, uh, requiring uh, welfare of, of different sorts. And uh, we know that to be a, a terrible plan. Thankfully, uh, Representative Avery Fricks out of Muskogee also agrees that that's not the way to go and is willing to bring this to an interim study. And he is he is a retiree champion. He really is. Um, he, he really has taken this. It's a complicated issue. Right. And so many legislators, it's hard. It's, it's complicated. It's yeah. difficult. It's not sexy. And right. so most people don't want to deal with it. And he has really taken this on and educated himself and is so positive. I mean, to be fair, who's like, you know what I would love to do? Dive into actuary studies. It, yeah. No one says that. No. <laughs> there is nothing better than a good actuarial <laughs> table That's what Catherine to look at, at just, in the evening. Yeah. It's bedtime yeah. reading. <laughs> and I think so many, um, Ivy, so many of our, especially our early career teachers, don't necessarily understand right. the importance of a defined benefit. Um, it, it, it's not sexy. It's not a cool right. topic to talk about. Right. But it is so important to have. Definitely. And and it, it's not even like um, they don't want to talk about it. They don't even know what they don't know. Right. And so, uh, you know, education is, is most of the battle. Um, you know, folks are, are overwhelmed with back to school. The last thing they are concerned with is... 30 years from now, what's going to happen. <laughs> right. You know, it's just, it's right. just not on, on a lot of the radar of our, of our new hires for right. sure. So what else? Um, Andy Fugate has a, a and I'm going to say pretty cool. Uh, I think that's relative depending <laughs> on your interest. Um, some of our districts that have federal uh, land in their districts. So maybe a, a native American reservation, uh, prison, a federal prison specifically. Um, Andy Fugate is concerned because Tinker Air Force Base takes up a, a big part oh, yeah. of his district. 
And there's something called federal impact aid. And over the years, the, the federal government will reimburse a district for the money that they would be getting if folks were paying taxes on that oh, land. Okay, um, that is dwindling because, as as we know, in 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 government funding in general, um, over time those their cuts have been made, and mm. districts are losing literally millions and millions of dollars. Um, I suggested to him because I heard uh, Superintendent McVeigh a few years ago speak from El Reno because he kind of gets a double whammy out there. He's got a federal prison right. and reservation land right. in his area. And so, you know, you talk about uh, the high need in those areas, yeah. but less money to do it with. And so he was excited about maybe reaching out and, and partnering with Middell and, and some of the other mm-hmm. uh, folks that are, that are affected by that. So I'm actually encouraged. I really think this is something that um, more people would care about if they just knew about it. Right. We actually had a, a, a new business item passed at the NEA Representative Assembly this July, mm-hmm. and it was to make sure that impact aid was getting to those states from the federal level. So this is a topic that's starting to bubble up because they realize that there's millions of dollars that aren't that aren't getting to our states. So it's, I'm glad that. Thank you, Representative Fugate. <laughs> Absolutely. He He really does get it. He gets the challenges of public education, and he's willing to do the hard work. Mm-hmm. This is also not a sexy topic, and right. so um, it, you know it's you got to dig in and really figure it out. Right. What else? Oh, you know, <laughs> there's one of these that's about op- uh, equal opportunity scholarships. If, yeah. if you guys remember. Uh, for the third year in a row, fourth year in a row, yes. maybe we've been fighting this equal opportunity scholarship expansion, and it finally uh, passed this last year, uh, much to our uh, dismay, chagrin, all the all the clean words I can say <laughs> right now. Um, so now, Representative Eccles, who has been a champion for this from the beginning, is is doing a, a an interim study about the implementation of this scholarship expansion, and so. I would say um, we're cautious and we're watching yeah. because I, I just don't want this to be one of those interim studies where that you just bring in all the cheerleaders of a program right. and you ignore the tons and tons of people that, that do not believe this is a, a good use of, of tax incentives, tax credits, um, loss of revenue for our state, you know, all the, all the folks that, that did not agree with expanding this program, I think I'm afraid it's going to be ignored and we're just going to talk about how wonderful it is. Well, I have a feeling we'll talk about it next session either way. I do believe you're right. (laughs) Uh, but we will definitely be watching those. There are a lot of really good ones. We're looking at funding. We're looking at CARES Act uh, spending. We're, you know, lots of different things. Sheila Dills is going to dig into for-profit management companies of charter schools. I think that's a great thing to, to really just keep digging into. And she has been a real bulldog when it comes to that. She has, um, she, she has nothing against charters. She just really wants those dollars to be accountable. And so we, um, all? we we all agree with that. So transparency is good. It really is, yeah. unless unless it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so do any of the when they use the interim studies, do they ever use those as arguments on the House floor? Does does that go forward in any respect in that manner? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of times they'll bring folks from other states. Here's what here's what worked mm-hmm. in Iowa. Here's what worked in Arkansas. You know, they'll bring that in. Uh, you know, we're real weird here in Oklahoma. We we want everything to be made from scratch, uh, <laughs> the Oklahoma way, except for when it 
benefits us. And then we're like, well, look what they did. We should do it as well. So, you know, um, it's kind of funny when we start to bring in, um, you can't see my air quotes, but experts, um, you know, if, if we would balance it with uh, with folks on both sides of the issue, I really think by design that's how it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. But, e- but even the most well-intentioned uh, interim study does bring data, does bring uh, research, and I do think uh, they will then use that to, um, you know, craft what does the language need to say. Okay. Well, very good. Well, thank you so much for the info, Ivy, and we'll be watching along with you for the next couple of months. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, we are so excited to be joined by a couple of uh, active OEA members to talk politics with us this afternoon. Um, so it's just me, Carrie. Catherine is unable to join us today because of a scheduling conflict, but we're very excited to have um, Amber Taylor, who represents our Republican caucus. How are you, Amber? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. And then Rowdy Washburn, who represents our Democratic caucus. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so this time of year, well, first of all, Let's talk about caucuses and then we'll get into the politics stuff. Um, so kind of explain what is the what is the role of caucuses? Amber, can you kind of give us like why what is what does the Republican caucus do and why do caucuses exist within OEA? It's basically a group of people with inside of a huge organization mm-hmm. who have the same common goals yeah. and are looking to try to um, put our efforts together to further public education. Perfect. Rowdy, what, it, what's, what do you think, why do you think it's important for people to be involved sort of within those subgroups like Amber described? Mm-hmm. I like to call our caucuses communities within the larger community. Yeah. Um, it gives a place for collective voice mm-hmm. uh, with people of common interest. Um, but one thing that's really particular to our association is that our caucuses don't actively work against each other. So mm-hmm. the Democratic caucus will not go against the Republican there, caucus. There will be a reg- leg wrestling match after this. Yes, immediately. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but we, we try to support each other in that. And um, even though we have different maybe ideas on how that yeah. should be implemented, uh, we look for those ways that we can work together to advance the goals of our association, really. Cool. Okay. So one of the things that that you hear every now and then is people say, well, you know, uh, education shouldn't be political and, you know, politics need to, needs to be separate. And, and my thing is that they're really connected. Mm-hmm. So, um, Rowdy, can you talk about like how politics and education are connected? Well, every aspect of public school uh, either comes from the local or the state uh, national uh, mm-hmm. governments. And so um, when we think about things like ways to keep our students safe mm-hmm. during a global pandemic, right. um, that is directly handed down from our state legislator or governor right, or, right. Uh, or recommendations from uh, national uh, organizations like the CDC. So um, all of those things work together to make public schools function. Um, as well as things like bargaining rights or yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, issues related to employment. Um, so when we say education isn't a, a political issue, really what we mean is that education should be a bipartisan issue mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, Republicans, Democrats, or independents, mm-hmm. uh, we all have different ideas, but how can we come together and work to make public schools better, safer, um, uh for students and also for teachers and support professionals. Amber, how do you see politics and education intersect? 
I see it that it influences everything we do. Mm -hmm. It involves our families, our communities, yeah. like you mm -hmm. were saying, Rowdy, mm -hmm. and, and our students. And, uh, you know, it determines our class sizes. We have mandates, guidelines we have mm -hmm. to follow on all levels. And, um, you know, it it uh, determines our school budget, what we can provide, yeah. health benefits, all kinds of things, yeah. you know, that people don't really think about until they're like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I like to think of um, us coming together as important. Mm -hmm. You know, we're really all in the same family. Right. And focused on the same thing. And, and something I forget who told me in one of our meetings that we try to get together so often said, uh, children are not partisan. Right. And right. so I'm just like, yes, we're, we're talking about our kids. Mm -hmm. So, so both of you guys have kind of touched on that, that there are, there could be, uh, different goals, different methods for different political parties, but mm -hmm. everybody's really shooting for the same thing. Mm -hmm. Why do you think is it's important to have, um, people from, from both parties represented within OEA because it's, you might hear someone say, Oh, well that that's not for me because it's only Republicans. That's not for me. It's only Democrats. Um, and we're pretty even. So mm -hmm. why, why is it important to have, um, people and people who are members in OEA, people who are involved at different levels? Why is that important, uh, for OEA as an organization? Amber, do you want to start? I would say it's important because, we need to fully represent our families, mm -hmm. our students, our community, our state. Mm -hmm. And um, the more brains, the more ideas. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm very open to any of that. Any help, you know, that we can come up with and different ideas to work together to help our kids. Mm -hmm. What would you say, Randy? I think we've already kind of collectively came together just by being an association member. Mm -hmm. And it gathers us under one front, public mm -hmm. education. Mm -hmm. um, and I think having the different voices helps bring together this balance of, well, I see it this way or I see it another way. And so, you know, my Republican colleagues may look at an issue completely different than I may look at, but it may uh, open my eyes to something that I wasn't thinking about mm -hmm. uh, right. prior to that. And so uh, having that balance, I think, is good because we're even though we have different ideas or maybe different opinions, we can work towards that common goal of advancing public education. So if you are a member out there, you want to get involved, you can go to okea.org slash caucuses. There's links to all of our caucuses, Republicans, Democrats, and then our other groups, the Black Caucus, Hispanic Caucus, LGBT, Native American, and Peace and Justice Caucus. So um, thank you guys for taking in time to come in. Um, we move on to leg wrestling now. Um, <laughs> um, but thank Rowdy's going to win. <laughs> but thank you for, thank you for advocating for, um, for good politics at every level. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, it's Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. You're used to hearing Alicia's morning announcements at this time, but we're going to transition to a, a new segment, and we're just going to call it Catch Up with Catherine. It's a time where we're going to get to talk about a what are some upcoming events, things that you need to be kept current on? So let me inform you that on August the 10th is election day. We yes. want you to get out and vote. And do it. Uh, two bonds that are going to be voted on in Bartlesville Public Schools and also Sharon Mutual Public Schools. Yeah. Um, you know, it is it's so much energy is in the air. I love back to school. I love yes. back to school shopping yes. and school supplies and all that cool stuff. <laughs> but... 
um, I was talking with my daughter the other day and she's a brand new teacher and she's oh. like, and I said, Hey, you know what you need to do? You need to check out our Pinterest page. We have cool yes. ideas for teachers in their back to school bulletin board. Everything that you would need is on yes. our Pinterest page. So be sure and check that out. And as uh, vice president, Carrie Elledge and I have been traveling around the state for the last uh, several weeks and, and attending new teacher events, back mm -hmm. to school events. Uh, we have just, it is so exciting to see faces and smiles and yes. hear your voices. So we love to see your picks. So send us those picks in. You can send it to Carrie Jacobs at cjacobs at okea. Yes. Uh, org. I almost said .com, but it's .org. .org. Yeah, but even on your social media platform, post it, tag us. Yes. Let us know all about it. We want to see it. I just posted, we had back to school night last night, and my first grader got to meet her teacher, and I posted a picture of the two of them together. So exciting. I can't wait. I know. Are your grandbabies excited? They are. They, they are super, super duper excited because they're both going to be in the same school again this year at the oh. intermediate, so fifth, sixth grade. Oh, man, big time. I know. Well, we want to say thank you so much to Ivy Riggs of our legislative team, Amber Taylor of our Republican caucus, Rowdy Washburn of our Democratic caucus, all three of them for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcast. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.